Hey everyone, welcome to Unlikely to Apologize. I'm one of your hosts, Nikki. And I'm Heather. Hello. Hello. <laughs> what day is it? What am I doing with my life? Oh, it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. Daylight savings time is, you know, catching up What to is me. this? So it's Wednesday for everybody listening, but we're obviously recording in advance. So it's Tuesday for us, but it's like, feels like midnight at like five o'clock. Oh yeah. I was like, we were like sleeping in bed like eight, eight thirty last night. I swear. Yeah. Oh, what'd you do this weekend? You had family um, my uh, brother and sister-in-law, well, future sister-in-law, but I call her my sister anyways, because she's just been a part of the family for so long. Um, they came in town. Uh, so we did the not so much touristy stuff, which was kind of nice, but like out and about doing things. We did Worst Fest. Um, we went to like High Five one night. We went up to the Domain and then we played like we went and watched football on Sunday. Um, so it was a lot of fun too. Cause also we, we've never really had time to ourselves to hang out with Ryan and Tina. Like we've gone up and visited them in Boston whenever we visit Connecticut, but that extended period of time, cause a, they were already so younger, so much younger than us. I think there's like 11 years between us. Oh wow! So, yeah. So I got to like actually hang out with, I call her T. I got to hang out with T all weekend and get to know her like a little bit better. So, um, not that I already didn't know her, but just more of that, like QT. Time. It's different when it's just the one. Yeah, no, I saw all your Instagram pictures and stuff. Isn't and she the cutest like little thing? Yeah. And it looks she's, like you guys had so much fun. Yeah. She's really adorable. Um, she's so adorable. So yeah. Um, and then obviously they're planning their wedding. So it was a lot of wedding talk and all that. So, um, yeah, it was fun. It was nice. I love when people visit. Yes. Good. How about you? What did we do this weekend? There, it was the first weekend we did not have a football game. Football's over. What the heck did we do? Saturday morning, we got up and I made a big breakfast, like waffle mix from scratch kind of breakfast. I made maple syrup. Oh my gosh. I'm like, I don't know how people do this every day, but uh, vanilla maple syrup from scratch, like all of it. Anyway, <clears throat> we did that. excuse me oh my gosh (laughs) and then I decided that I wanted to take Shane to Costco he's never been to Costco so I was Uh, like let's go to Costco we're gonna look at Christmas stuff how has he never been to Costco and hold on he's never allowed to come back I uninvited him from future visits so (laughs) he's never been so I was like let's go look at Christmas stuff and then I want I wanted him and Gavin to pick out like snacks and stuff for their lunches. Right. Cause I pack both, they both get a lunch every day. So I pack both their lunches and I just feel like they eat the same thing every day. And so I'm like, if I, I don't want to eat the same thing every day. So I'm like, let's anyway. <clears throat> so I take them to Costco. Gavin's been before, but we're going through, I don't know the very front entrance, you know, that all the TVs and electronics are on your left. And then on the right hand side, like they've got the Christmas stuff up. So we're walking down the aisles. Well, we come across an arcade game, like a legit arcade game, Blitz or Blitz or I don't know what a football, whatever the football. Anyway, and it's set out, right? This is how they get you because you can play it. So him and Gavin start playing the game on this arcade machine. And I'm like, it's been, I mean, 20 minutes. And I'm like, okay, like, can we move on? And so we start going and all they're talking about is this game. 
And Shane is like, I don't want to look at anything else. Like I'm done. I want to get the arcade game and go home and play it. <laughs> and I'm like, are you, are you serious right now? And he's uh, like, yeah, I'm done. So I feel like he didn't get the full Costco experience because he was just done with it. Yeah, so, he yeah. So we went and bought the damn arcade game and that's what they did the rest of the day. <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh, so, I love so. Costco. There's like this ongoing like inside joke in my family because when we were younger, my mom would be like, you want to go get lunch at Costco? And it would just be like me and my sister running around and grabbing samples. It was like the, our favorite yes. thing to do. No, and yeah. then I'm like all excited. Like you haven't had a slice of pizza at Costco. Like you've yeah, got you to have had like, a hot dog. Drink. Get a yeah. hot dog. So I'm like all excited about like, and then I'm, so I'm like, I made him pay. So I was like, I'm not paying for this Costco run because your freaking arcade game is more than, I'm not doing that. This is you, but I was like, I'm going to go get pizza. Like you have to have a slice of pizza. He never ate it. I threw it in the trash. I'm like, uh, he you ruined my whole, ex- I said, I was so excited to take you to Costco and you're never allowed to come back with me. Yeah, I didn't get no, to walk around. Really. I didn't get to look at anything. Like yeah. you're not invited ever again. <laughs> me and John love going to Costco or Sam's club, especially like when we get like stuff in bulk, we're like, yeah, looking like at all the di- we look at all the dips and all the different chips. I was so like, excited. I was like, yeah, let's get something. You're, let's get something you can smoke on the, the Traeger. Like let's yeah. no, it was, it was all about that game. It was all about that stupid game. That's funny. So I was like, so I was supposed to go yesterday because I was like, you gypped me of my week. Oh, you were supposed to go and give me my little jacket. Yeah, I, I I tried to do it and they wouldn't. So I was like, well, I'll go yesterday. If you go, Gavin Gavin was homesick yesterday, so I couldn't go yesterday. And then today they are off of school. So he doesn't have school today. It's election day. Election day. Go vote. Yeah. Um, and then tomorrow I'm chaperoning his German field trip to Worstfest. Oh, that's so much fun. I've never been to Worstfest. You've never been? Oh, I've never been. I will say that this is the most consistent thing that John and I have done since we've moved to Austin. And everybody who visits that we bring, like, wants to come back the following year for it. It's so much fun. Well, I'm sure it'll be a different experience for me because I'm going with a bunch of sixth graders. <laughs> Yes, probably. But like I dress up. I mean, I did. Well, I didn't dress up this year. I didn't wear um, I forget what it's called, but I usually have like that little costume. But I did have my little hat. Um, yes, I've seen you yeah. in yeah. past years. Yeah. So I've never anyway. So I'm, I'm excited to go see it. It's closed to the public. So it's only going to be the middle. School. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yes. That's so it's, it's only the middle school. It's only us. Um, so I'm very excited about that. Yeah. So anyway that's that's uh, funny that's gonna be fun I mean I drank wine all day on Saturday I actually found a place that didn't use any flour and anything so when they fried their sausages because that's a lot of things they do yeah. is fry the sausage um it was gluten-free so I was able to actually eat this year which I was oh. very worried I wouldn't be able to do um so yeah oh that's gonna be so much fun I'm jealous I'm excited yeah anyway so. Anyway, Let's talk about, I'm so excited. So I've known Shandy for years. Shandy's been doing my hair. I mean, I, I don't even know how many years I've known her. I think before I had Gavin, like years I've known her and I've always had a girl crush on Shandy. I think one, she's gorgeous. Yeah. Two, she is, 
she's beautiful so she's gorgeous she's so smart um and she always is thinking about war right like she's never complacent complacent Mm -hmm. in what she's doing she's always like I want more I want more I want to do better um and so I freaking love her and I knew that you would and so I was so happy my like first official girl crush woman crush whatever you want to call it I fucking love her I mean like like, it's it's not yes obviously she's she's gorgeous she's beautiful but like her mind it's so funny because it's like like I I was thinking about this this week and I was like if Instagram versus reality like I would be the reality and she'd be (laughs) Instagram like (laughs) We literally are the same person in the thoughts of how the products and stuff that we do affect our hair. Like, I I want to be her when I grow up. Like, I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm obsessed. Um, and her and I have talked a few times after the show, and we're going to talk about hair bake um, in the future. But she, like, I literally want to be her when I grow up. Like, she literally is doing everything that I've always wanted to do. Just, she's doing it better and on track and more. She's, she's also more, like, in it and she was able to set those boundaries and in being an industry I think when it comes to me and I think I've said something on the podcast it's just I kind of set these like subconscious boundaries for myself because I'm also like who's going to want to listen to me I'm not in the beauty industry so she's in it where she can actually work and test and do all these things all the time but what I love the most about it is that she is able to turn down even what can be a like a, a or was a thriving business idea because her heart's not in it that to oh, me yeah. is the most amazing thing I think I've ever learned about anybody in my entire life like she literally was like no I'm good no I was so you'll listen when you hear Shandy tell her story she talks about a business that she had in addition to doing hair called Shandy's Choice I was a Shandy's Choice member we talked about that um on the podcast you're about to listen to but I remember having conversations with her about her closing the doors on that yeah <laughs> oh my gosh I'm so sorry I don't know what happened to you today I hope not um yeah, but I remember just... having conversations with her about Shandy's choice and she's like I don't know what's next but I know that this isn't it and it was it was a lot of pressure she's and I think she talks about it on the podcast, but I know her and I have had personal conversations where she talks about the pressure to one trial of these. Um, she does talk about this. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they're not necessarily procedures, but like trial of these new and upcoming I mean, it's basically, in the beauty it's industry. Yeah. It's basically putting herself through things that she wasn't naturally aligned with personally. Right. You know, getting a certain type of facial done or, you know, instead of just embracing and working on, your skin yeah, like she yeah. just wasn't aligned with those those values which I think is commendable to be able to just walk away from from something that um, was profitable and something that she wanted you know she because she knew she wanted more right she loves right. doing hair she loves her clients but I think what I love so much about her is she's always thinking like future and she's always like what can I do next to better right. myself to help women to and I just so her new company live free well um is is amazing um it's a it's a product for the well she's got one product out right now for your hair um but the mission behind what she's doing right is really great yes um 
Sorry. <laughs> what are you doing? I just I, some random text. I don't even know what's going on. Um, yeah. So I, again, I want to be her when I grow up. I'm excited and hopeful that like maybe I can work something out like with her, whether it's even just being a part of what she's doing because of there's so much more that she's doing that we don't even necessarily get into um, on the podcast. But I think it's worth noting that like, I have no words. I love her. I love her. <laughs> like I, I want to be her when I grow up. Like I just like, I can't. So I'm very excited for everybody to listen to this. This is probably one of my favorite episodes. Um, but yeah, she's, I'm speechless. I like, I, know, I don't know. Yeah. And I'm trying to say things without giving it away because as right. you say every week, we, we want our guests to, to tell you about them. We don't want to tell you about them, yeah. but we, so we're trying to say things without saying things because it's obviously better coming from. Just, just, li- just listen to the episode. She's absolutely amazing. You're going to um, love her too. She's going to be everybody's love girl crush. Um, so yeah, as always, um, well, before we wrap this up, uh, we do realize that we are still doing business awareness month, um, business awareness month, small, God, I'm, <laughs> words I'm are so hard sorry. today. Yes. Words are hard today. So we know we realize that it's still small business, Women's owned- small business month. Oh my God. Anyways. And it's still, no- and, it's, yeah. and it's in November, but we have this episode and one more episode and then we will be ending the series it was just too good not to include all of these women in in the month so we extended it ourselves um as always if you like what you hear please leave us a rating on whatever actually is it just itunes i think that you can you leave know what i wish i knew but i always say itunes because i don't i don't I'm an iTunes podcaster. I don't listen to Spotify. I don't listen to any of the other platforms. So I have no idea. I'm going to be real honest how they work. But yeah. I know on iTunes, the only way to bump a podcast up in their category is to rate and review them. Yes. I have no so idea how please, anybody else works. Please rate, review. Not only will it bump us up to the front, but it helps us share to the world the stories of all these amazing women that we have interviewed the last year. Um if you want to contact us on Instagram, we are unlikely to apologize podcast. Um, you can slide into our DMs or you can get us on our privates. I am Nick, Nikki underscore cams. I am Heather Lynn Flores. And as always, you can send us an email at hello at, at unlikely to apologize.com. Words are hard today. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, yeah, it is what it is. Um, <gasps> But as always, we appreciate you guys and we really hope you enjoy and love this episode. Have a good one, everyone. Bye. Bye. Hi, Shandy. Thanks for joining us today. Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me today. Thanks for doing this. So I know Shandy, but Nikki doesn't. And for all of our listeners who don't know you, will you tell us who you are and what you do? Oh gosh. Okay. Yes. So my name is, uh, Shandy Nichelle. Um, and I am a small business owner, which we were talking about, hopefully one day a big business owner. Um, and I've been, and currently still am a hairstylist. Um, I've been doing hair for 17 years, um, having my own business there since I was 25. And then now I'm the founder and CEO of a company uh, called Freewell, which is um, a sustainable personal care line for active, awesome people. 
Yes. So let's start with the hair business because that's kind of what, are you being a stylist? That's kind of what transitioned you into your company you have now. So what made you decide that hair is what you wanted to do? <laughs> that's a funny question. Um, <laughs> because I didn't want to do hair. <laughs> my parents oh. pretty much, my parents pretty much were like, um, you failed junior college and you, um, you need to do something. And so they're like, we're, you know, you should, we're going to pretty much enroll you into cosmetology school. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, no, you know, like, I don't, I didn't feel like that was a, uh, prestigious career at the time. Um, obviously the jokes on me because now I've been doing it for almost 20 years and, um, my parents saw something in me that I didn't see. If I look back at my life, I was a hairstylist <laughs> since I was little and also making products. So I was always making people over. I was always like coloring my doll's hair, um, cutting off all their hair, um, making my own makeup in my room when I was little. And so, but it was really cool because, um, my very first, um, you know, haircut that I did there, I do everything fast and I was the first one done. And I was like, okay, I totally messed this up probably. And they checked it and said it was perfect. And it was this beautiful moment where somebody saw something in me of what I was good at that I didn't realize. Um, I did something intuitively and it was good. And never really knowing what I was good at because I wasn't an athlete in school. I wasn't academically smart. You know, I really never felt like I had a calling or was particularly good at anything. So that magic moment for me was like, oh, I'm good at something. And once that happened, I just ran with it. That's great. So <laughs> I find it funny that a lot of people who get into like trades, they always have that like feeling of I'm not really this like school sit behind a desk type person. So but being forced into a trade is a little different, right? Because your parents are just like, all right, you're going to do this. Um, so obviously, did you have any other struggles, right? Like, obviously, you realized you were good at it. But during that mean during in the meantime of like, starting this, were you ever like, no, no, that's not 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 for me too? like, did you have that same feeling of, of what it was like in the in the school part of it? Or did it gradually just kind of like pick up and you didn't even pay attention to it? like it was second nature? Uh, a lot of it was second nature, but I have never been a rule follower. Like I've tried junior college a few times now, even as a grown woman, like as an adult, like <laughs> even like the last year, just to see like, Oh, maybe I wanted to kind of get a degree in human rights and really learn about that aspect. And, um, I realized like, again, that I am not a, a, a homework person. I'm not a school person. And so like, but what was cool is in cosmetology school is, they would kind of give me a basis of what I had to do. Like, okay, here's a haircut. And I wouldn't look at the instructions. I wouldn't do it. I just would kind of be like, well, this to me makes sense of how you would get that. So I'm just going to do it my way. And they held me after school one time and they were like, I thought I was in trouble. And I kind of come up with my own version of a haircut. And they're like, can you teach us to that? Teach oh, wow. that to us. And, um, you know, I, I, I think it's cool because I just, you know how people can just hear a song that are piano players and they can just play it. That's kind of how I am with hair. I can just kind of see something and then just kind of know how to make it. And, um, 
you know, it's like one of those things, like I said, it's very intuitive. I didn't find this out after two years of doing hair that my great grandmother was a hairstylist, had her own cosmetology school with six kids, was a crazy successful businesswoman. And like, supposedly I am just like her. And it's, I think it's interesting how those things can kind of transition generationally. And so um, it's, it is just something that's innately in me. So how long, so you went to cosmetology school. Did you, you didn't come right out of cosmetology school being like, okay, I'm going to have my own little salon studio. Did, what was your first job out of cosmetology school? Like, this is so funny. I've actually never really talked about this. So this is, um, um, I moved to Austin, Texas, the big, big city, you know, from the little small (laughs) town that I went to. Um, also something interesting is I went to probably like an 80% African-American cosmetology school. And so that was super cool and plays a big role later in my career and with Freewell. Um, so, you know, I graduate cosmetology school. I'm like 19 years old, moving to Austin. Um, I move into an apartment with three other girls and it's a three bedroom apartment. So me and my best friend shared a bedroom. My rent was 275 a month. I lived off Palmer Lane. The salon I worked at was off Palmer Lane. There was an AGB in my bank and I never left my exit for like a year. <laughs> um, and um, cause I was terrified and I worked at the salon. Uh, gosh, I can't remember the name of it. Um, and I, you know, I started off as there's a, there's a time period between um, when you graduate to when you test to, to do like past your state board test. So I worked as a receptionist at the salon, hoping to come on as a stylist, which I think is so smart because you get to learn. That was probably the early workings of me kind of looking at things more as a business person than as like a hairstylist. And, um, and so I would watch how the client reacted when they checked out, how they pre-booked, like why were some people booking with this person more than the other person? And, um, I also sat right behind the owner who was this little Vietnamese guy named we, and I would say that was my first unofficial apprenticeship. (laughs) And he, I just watched him with his clients and like how he did haircuts and with Asian hair, they cut it dry because you can see everything. And so I adopted doing dry haircuts, which was really unheard of back then. And I had to really convince clients to let me cut their hair dry. And now it's a thing. And most people do it that way. And um, yeah, and I just worked and, you know, it was, I remember like my early experiences. I mean, it's so brave for someone to go to someone who just graduated. <laughs> like, and um, but I just remember having that feeling of connecting with people and loving that part and um building that relationship. I mean, technically it's a lot, it's a big learning curve. I mean, you kind of learn as you do um with any job, um, which you're gonna mess up. And then what the top female stylist there, she left. And I kind of adopted her clientele. So I kind of got this good base. Um, And yeah, that was, that was it. I mean, like, and then I kind of dabbled with a few different other career, like jobs within that market. Like um, I realized I'm just not a good employee. Um, (laughs) I, hence why I'm a business owner. Um, But I worked as a stylist for a photographer for a little bit. Um, I did, um, I had odd in jobs working as like a bridal boutique uh, associate, which was super interesting. 
And all these things actually have helped me in my career later on. And then finally I was like, all right, I'm going to get serious. And, um, I applied to work at like, kind of like the cool salon in Austin and you have to start from the bottom. And I already been doing hair for, you know, a few years and I worked my way up. And then essentially that place didn't have room for my ambition. And I went out on my own at 25. Um, and the rest is history with that. I always tell people that I went to the exact same school as a girl who works at Supercuts, but I ended up making six figures doing hair. And to me, that's so interesting because, you know, what, how, what the two paths, right. Of like how that goes. Right. You have people, right. That have, you can have the exact same plate handed to you, but what you do with what's on it is what creates that trajectory of what's going to be your future. Um, 100%, 100%. It's, it's, there's a lot of times like in, in my career with different people I, that I've met with, like there's people that just complain about everything and they don't do anything to get out of it. And then there's people who like just take, you know, their lashings I'll say, and you know, they try to figure out a way to manage that better. And then there's other people who just don't care and will speak up and, those are the people that are the ones that usually kind of make the difference, right? They're, they're going against the grain. They change, you know, outlooks from people around them. And I think given the opportunity as somebody, you know, next to you, it's what you do past that, right? Like you have to create your own path essentially. Yeah. I, I, the way, the best way that I could explain it was like, there's people who with their job hairstylists and there's people who are career hairstylists Mm -hmm. and how you look at it from that lens really determines those two complete outcomes. Right. And you have, you have employees, right. When you think about it, you have ones that are there, like you said, career and then jobs, ones that are there to just want their paycheck, get their work done, go home. And then you have the ones that want to be either business owners, management, and all these different parts of the business. So yeah, I think it takes like a certain type of personality and drive to be one or the other. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And once, once everything was in my own hands and my own control is when I really flourished. Like I, the reason why I say I'm unemployable is I actually feel way more anxiety as an employee than I do as an owner. And I think that that's where I say like being an entrepreneur is kind of like being gay. You either are or you're not, (laughs) you know, and it's like, not that there's so many like blurry lines between that stuff now, but I feel like for me, it was like, that's just who I am. It has nothing to do with a choice. Mm -hmm. It's just innately how I, I operate. Um, and, uh, Yeah. And so once I had that in my own hands, I mean, it was like, it's all on me. And that actually gave me more comfort than working for somebody else. So throughout you, um, as a hairstylist, was there a particular moment? Cause obviously you are still a hairstylist, but you, you own a company. It's obviously it's a hair based product, but it's, it's in addition to being a stylist. Was there any moment that you had, because I've known you for years, you've actually been doing my hair for years. Um, and through the years you had different ventures that you've wanted to try out some of which you actually did. I don't know if you want to touch on Shandy's choice at all, but that was a whole other business that you did. So what, what was the moment or can you remember the moment where you were like, I love doing hair and I love being a stylist, but there's something in me that's missing and I want more. hundred percent. (laughs) remember this moment because like I was like I was like yes like it was like I I had reached the point I had a very specific goal of where I wanted to get in my hair career and I reached it and I think that unconsciously like it was like okay now that I've done this what's next for me 
And I've always been a big believer that you can have multiple love passion projects in your life. And, you know, I mean, again, I'm almost, I'm not even 40 yet. And I'm almost 20 years into my career. When I am 40, I would have been doing hair for 20 years. And so like, it's kind of like, people are like, Oh, you want to retire? And I'm like, most people retire after 20 years. Yes. <laughs> like, you know, and so, um, but the way I describe doing hair is I can't, I, I personally have not been able to find another job that is like this, where it's physical, it's creative, it's technical, and it's emotional all at the same time. And I can't think of anything else if anybody else finds something that's like that. So you're kind of like, you're exhausted. And, you know, it was like, I had reached, I wanted to be on second street, have my own studio. I had two assistants, you know, I was around 30 years old. Oh, I remember I'd done that it. studio. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and I was making a ton of money and, but I really didn't have a life. I didn't have anything left to give, you know, at that point. And I think for me, it was right around that time that I was like, I got to make a choice. I'm either going to have, I don't want to own a salon. So I knew that wasn't an option. Um, I, I kind of had reached the peak. I couldn't imagine how else I would go up from there. Right. In that scenario unless I opened a salon. And so that's how Shandy's choice came about because I had a huge clientele of women around my age, similar interest, you know, all of that. And, um, the, the med spa beauty industry was kind of new and people weren't really talking about Botox and things like that, but they felt safe having those conversations with me and they'd be like, Oh, do you get Botox? And I was like, yes. And here's my person. And then I would send that person a ton of people because people trusted me. So as I'm thinking about kind of like what my next thing is going to be, I knew that I didn't want something like hair where I was physically tied to it. The only way I made money was if I showed up in person and touched you. Um, and I also wanted something that could be scalable and also utilized the 10 years I already had. Um, and the, I guess the, it was just a good business. It just naturally fell into place. So I was like, well, I'm already sending all these people to people that I trust and value. And I can't lie. I can't be bought out. And so I created this company where essentially I was trying to help these business owners who were, you know, trying to build their clientele with quality people. And at the time there was Yelp and Groupon and both were very hard on businesses at the time. And I mean, it's still a brilliant idea. And I, I think that at one point it may come back later because now the industry is not so vapid. Um, back then it was a great idea, but I was really struggling with a lot, which is a big part of this story. Um, the way I described that company was I was doing it because I wanted what I wanted for me. I wanted a uh, freedom. So I didn't have a deeper purpose. Uh, I also was like, man, I really don't like being in the beauty industry in a way that gives women the impression they have to do these things. I don't want to feel like I have to do these things. And that's what it was starting to feel like. Um, and I was always a really ambitious person and it was like trugging through mud to motivate myself in that company. And I think it was because, and I tried to put lipstick on that pig so many different ways. Like I was like, <laughs> 
let me make it a charitable aspect to it. Let me do this. It's like being married to this amazing guy on paper, but you go home and you go get in bed and you're just like, I don't love you. I don't love right. you. And you can't fake it. Right. And I had a come to Jesus moment with myself. And I said, I don't know what the next thing is, but I know this isn't it. And I have to let it go, even though it's an amazing idea. Like, and people loved it. And I had people who loved the service and that was hard. I remember sending the letter out, Heather, you probably got it where yeah. I was like, it's hard to close something because you don't love it versus it's not being successful and, you know, taking that chance. Um, but I do feel like when you make those hard decisions to really, truly follow your path, really cool shit happens. And power glass was just, you know, at the time, Bob glass was just a few steps away. And, um, but I had to be a little naked and afraid and okay with it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I think, I think it's something to be said and pointed out that statement you just you just said like you were you weren't closing it because it wasn't successful you were ending it because you weren't in it and that's a commendable thing to do right because as as a society we're very successful money driven and people would just like you could have easily just said handed it off to somebody else to control it or or nothing but you were just like "Mm, no you know what this isn't for me I think that's that's amazing weird thing where I like to sleep at night and (laughs) you know like (laughs) like, and feel good about what I do in the world. And, um, but not just that, it was a lot of pressure on me to try all these services that girls were like, Hey, like, what do you think about this? Like butt injection? And like, what do you think about this? It it got really disgusting to me. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to, I can't, I'm throwing my hands up. I can't (laughs) like, I was like, well, and I was, I mean, the, the whole concept of Shandy's Choice, it what it really was. I mean, I loved it. I still used um, one of the spray products. Like the products were my favorite thing because I, I don't do Botox. I don't do lip injections. I don't do filler. I don't do, mm-hmm. I you know, any of that kind of stuff. But when you had a massage, I went to Sway and mm-hmm. I still love Sway. I think for Christmas last year, I gave Nikki and Haley each a gift card to Sway. I found them through you. Yeah. Um, lacquer, my nail salon. I found through you, which is how I met Amber. Yeah. Um, but it, it really was where she, and again, I mean, right. I'd been seeing you for years for my hair and I'm one of those clients where I go into Shandy and I'm like, I don't, and I'll, I still, I'm like, I don't, I don't know what I want to do. You just, whatever you think I should do to my hair, do it. So I completely trusted anything she said. And so, yeah, I bought her, the membership to Shandy's choice and it, it really was where she would go to all of these places around Austin and try. And I would read some of the things and I'm like, I don't want that one, yeah. <laughs> but I'll do this one. Um, but it really, and I know my sister, Christina, she was, a, a, she, she did all of the things. She um, did all the things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, my, my dentist that I go to now was from the, the teeth whitening that you did. You go to, you go to Sarah. Yeah. Dr. I still Benavish. go there. That's my dentist. Oh, she's one of my besties. Yes. yes. Um, yes. she actually, the last time I went to have my teeth cleaned, which was recently, she was getting, she was going to see you that day. For oh my gosh. She told me, she told me about that. Cause she's, she's like, I, I'm not supposed to talk about, oh, I shouldn't even say this. Oh, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> anyways, anyways, we would, we had a moment. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, so it's like, I, and I still write 
the dentist, the massage place, the nails yeah. because of, of that great concept. So I was bummed when you closed it, but you and I talked in detail um, because you were looking for investors to grow it. And I remember like having conversations with you where you were really struggling about what to do as far as like, this is successful. And I know that it would be more, but I'm not in it. So I you do, know, I mean, it's, it's, it is something to walk away from something because not, be, you know, not for, for the right reasons, right. You did it, you walked away from it and closed that chapter for the right reasons, not because it was failing or anything like that, but because you were like, I don't love this. Yeah. I was failing it. It was yeah. me failing the company because I think in order to be an owner of a company, you have to love that like a child inside and out. Like, and it's, it's, I, I compare business to marriage and kids very often because it's, it's, it's very similar. Like, you know, now I have partners. I'm married. I'm a married woman, y'all to two women. <laughs> and <laughs> But I also like, I remember when I was looking for investment for that company, I, I was in that scenario that you guys know those friends that you have where they're in not a good relationship. And they're like, but let's have a baby yep. to save our relationship. Oh, the, that's the one that gets me all the time. Like, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> Why I add that, a stress that's yeah, just going to yeah. make things worse? Right. Well, I can't talk shit because I was like, let me get half a million dollars to save this relationship that I'm in, <laughs> that I know is not the one. Mm-hmm. And, but thankfully I caught it. I caught myself and realized that before I actually followed through. Mm-hmm. And when I decided not to get investment, I had $30 in my bank account, which was like crazy because the backstory with that is I took a chance and I cut my hair career in half. And I, I knew exactly how much I had to make to pay my bills. And I was putting every extra money that I had back into that company. And so it was really, it was like, it should have been a scary time, but it wasn't. And, but I just remember like canceling all the investor meetings and just being like, I had a very poignant moment where, um, I wrote down what I wanted in my life and I could very sit down and talk to Shandy (laughs) let's have some real talk girl. And I was like, what do you want in your life? What do you even really want? You know? And I think at this sometimes in our life, we do so many things that we think we should want and not what we really want. And I said, well, I want to volunteer. And that's really, I love it. I love being no makeup and developing nations and like learning and helping and getting my hands dirty. Number two, I wanted to travel. Those two kind of go hand in hand. Number three, I wanted a partner, like the man of my life that I love. And number four, I wanted a community of women um, that like love to do activities and kind of a girl crew and care about the world. And um, that was it. That's all I wanted. And Seems then so I was simple. Like, <laughs> so simple. So simple. And I, have, I now have all those things. Well, let's get into how you got to. (laughs) I know there's so many things. (laughs) Yeah. Let's take us down this journey of how this all came about. Can you be more specific? (laughs) (laughs) What was, okay. So when did you know, because your, your product you have now originally was called Boss Boss. So let's talk about that. How did that come about? 
Okay. Okay. I'd like to say it was like this really deep poignant moment, but in all honesty, when I had Shandy's choice and I was emotionally checking out of it, cause you know, when you're not in a relationship, you like, you start to kind of emotionally check out because you don't have the balls to leave it yet. And, um, and I needed to get a product. I needed to get a deal out the next day, 24 hours, like the next day. And it, I, you know, had put products, my favorite products on there. And I was like, oh my God, I, I've exhausted all my favorite products. Like, what do I do? I didn't have a service lined up, but I had this thing that I was telling all my clients to make at home, which was to help their hair grow. And cause my esthetician always said, put castor oil on your brows to make them grow. I had a client that came in and she was struggling with a thyroid issue and her hair was thinning a lot. And I was like, well, my hair start, my esthetician says, put castor oil on your brows. I don't see why that's any different from your hair. So she does it and she calls me and she's like, Shandy, this stuff is so thick. I can't get it to my scalp, you know? And we were also taught at that time to put things on wet hair. It's like, we're kind of in that mindset. And I said, well, cut it with this jojoba oil. Cause I know that that has the closest molecular buildup to our own natural oil. So that shouldn't mess it up for you. So I was like, give that a try, you know? And then I was like, okay, well, to get it to your scalp, put it in a hair tint bottle. Cause that has a little tip on it. And you, that's how I get color to people's scalp. So I'd like, you'll get the treatment to your scalp. Didn't think much about it. Eight weeks later, she comes in and her hair is like twice as thick. And I was like, whoa, 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 stop the bus. What? And I was like, I'm going to make this for myself. And I did. And then I would tell all my clients to go make this at home. Well, guess what? They don't do it because we don't do that. Like, I'm not going to know. I would, I was never going to make it myself. I mean, I would like, I would. <laughs> I'm, I'm crunchy Nikki over here. Like I actually crunchy have Nikki similar things right. and we could talk off podcast. I have a dry shampoo that I make. And I also have a, um, which I haven't even yeah. marketed yet, but I have a, blow dry that I use with castor oil and uh, grapeseed because grapeseed is high, high heat. I'm like all for this conversation right okay, now. Nikki, we're having a total meeting <laughs> yes. separately after this because <laughs> I, I have my free will clients or our customers are people that want to be crunchy Nikki. Mm-hmm. They don't want to put the time in to be crunchy Nikki. Mm-hmm. So they buy the products that are, does that make sense? Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> absolutely. Yep. Nope. I know. I have a whole business. We can talk after this. Yes. The girls were like, the girls, like, I want to make these things at home, but I won't. And, you know, my boyfriend was like, I was like at a visiting one of our businesses and I was like telling someone, I was like, oh yeah. And these are ingredients. And he goes, babe, you don't want to tell people what's in your product. I was like, no, that's actually our thing. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, he's like, well, aren't you afraid they'll make it at home? I was like, the reason I have this business is because they didn't <laughs> like, you know, I was right. like, it's, know, just, like, it's, this, yeah. it's the same thing with the dry shampoo. Like I literally tell everybody what's in it because it's so yeah. easy to make, but like yeah. nobody does it. Yeah. It's so funny. And like, I'm not yeah, making any of that. <laughs> no. And I was I'm, like, first of all, they don't know how much we use. They don't know this and that. And I was like, mm-hmm. I want to, I want to be a brand where people were like, they know exactly what's in their products. To me, it's so awful when people have these secret formulas because I think we're starting to learn as a society that we need to know what's going in and on our bodies, you know, like that's mm-hmm. super important. Um, but to go back to how this started. So I was in a pinch. Right. And I was like, all right, well, I, I was sitting on the couch and my girlfriend at the time had started a makeup line in our kitchen. And I kind of saw firsthand what that's that Courtney. looked like. Courtney from Speak mm-hmm. Cosmetics. 
Yeah. We, we, we need to talk to her. Fine. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we were roommates when she started that. And she was, I saw her go through this whole process of trying to make lipsticks in our kitchen and all of that. And, you know, so I, I kind of saw like, okay, this is possible. I get on Amazon. I order the bottles. I go to Whole Foods. I buy the ingredients, just the two at the time. I go on Canva and I make labels. And for whatever reason, I'm like, I'm going to call this Boss Boss. And don't know how that came up with that name. Like it just happened. And then I just put it on there. I had no intention. I was just trying to get a deal out. And this is also when I'm just, you know, trying to figure out like, which direction do I go? And then people start buying second, third and fourth bottles of this product. Now, being a hairstylist, I know that if a woman buys your product more than once, that's like hitting gold because we are so ADD with our products. Like for us to really love something, especially a hair treatment is huge. And so I was like, huh, interesting. But I was like, I am not getting married again to anything unless it checks every single box that I have. And those boxes were the following. I wanted something clean. I wanted something that didn't change the way a woman looked and only enhanced what she already have. Kind of the antithesis to Shandy's choice. I learned that. I wanted, I got into involved in sports and I was always a tomboy and I felt like I was like, kind of like in the closet, like tomboy in the closet. Cause I had to be this girly girl for all my businesses. I hold on. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I love this because one of the ways that I used to explain myself was I'm a girly girly. I'm a girly. Bleh. I'm a tomboy in the flesh, but a girl. Oh, oh my God. I'm messing this up. Huh? No, I'm a tomboy. I'm a tomboy at heart, but a girly girl in the flesh. Like that's what yeah, I used to it's say. like. It's like, it's like, I'm a girly girl in the streets, but a tomboy in the street. I don't know. That, that yeah. Like something like that. Well. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm here for this conversation. Yeah. It's great. But that's literally how I would explain myself. Like, I hate all that. Like everything you're saying, I'm, I'm like uh, obsessed with right now because that mainstream feeling of having to have your lashes done, your nails done, you have to be a certain tan. Like I'm where you're at. Like, I don't want to be told what I need to look like. Just help me fix. Like if I need to fix it, it's already here. Let's work with this. <laughs> yeah. You know, it really was is like, I, I don't own hairspray. People would always ask me what products do you use? And I'm like, I don't really, I'm super minimal, but I think people liked the way I looked. And so it was like, but I, my whole thing was like, how do I tell you that it doesn't take an army? You know, it doesn't take, right. you know, a village. Like you don't even have to own 20 products. That's the other thing about power gloss is I want something that's like, this is, I, I, I'm busy and I don't want to use, I don't want a skincare regimen. That's 10 different things. I don't want a hair care regimen. That's 10 different things. And so everything I make is 10 things in one essentially. Mm -hmm. So the missing piece to the puzzle for me with power glass was the whole, I want to be a volunteer. I want to go travel. I want to go help other people in the world. And I'm spiritual. And I was like, okay, God, why are you giving me another business? Like that, like I, I have this desire to help human trafficking. And during this time I was struggling with drinking alcohol. I was getting very angry about being sexually assaulted as a kid and all the resentment and anger with my parents and all that. It was coming to a head. I wasn't happy because I had this business, you know, like I was in a very weird place in my life. I'd kind of come from this like six figure hairstylist top of her game to this 
you know, there's this book called the second mountain and you climb this whole first mountain in your life and you think it's everything that you want and you get to the top of the mountain and you're like, oh my God, I hiked this mountain that I don't even want to be at the top of. And then you have to go into the valley, which is essentially where I was. And that valley sucks, but you gotta, you you can't just jump from one mountaintop to the other. You gotta go down, hang in the village, then climb your second mountain, which is the one that you learn the lessons. And this is what I really want. And a lot of it has to do with being of service to the world versus being of service to yourself. Anyways. So, uh, I was like, where does this human trafficking thing fit in for me? You know, I was deep into it, like researching and all this stuff. And, you know, it was all about me saving the world because no one saved me and that whole thing. And, And then just one day I heard that you're going to hire survivors as your employees. And that was the missing piece. And it was like, literally when that box was checked, I was in and I was in, I just got chills. I remember (laughs) her telling me that this was she, that that was when she was able to hire employees, it was going to be survivors of sexual assault. And I like a full body chills everywhere. I'm like obsessed with you right now. Like (laughs) (laughs) I like love all of this. So I want to talk, let's talk about you. You just checked this box, right? We, which is amazing. So let's talk about that ask that last box and what the full meaning purpose. I don't even, I'm like, like, I can't even speak right now. Like that was your main purpose, right? So you wanted to give back. So how did you go about getting in contact, right? Because survivors, some of them aren't readily at your grasp, right? Like you have to look, did you work with any organizations or how did you get a lineup, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Well, here's the funny thing, right? Like it was like, um, I was still drinking and struggling with alcohol. Um, and, you know, it was, a moment that I had where I was watching something about survivors of human trafficking. <clears throat> and I was like, Oh, a lot of them, people who were sexually assaulted struggle with addiction. And it was the first time because I was always like, why is this so hard for me? Like I never had a problem with alcohol, like until my thirties. And it was literally right around the time I started looking at the sexual assault that happened to me. And it was a, co- a way to cope and numb what things that were coming out. So once I finally was like, huh, maybe this is why I'm, I'm struggling. And it was like, as much as I wanted to go gun ho and help survivors, I was like, girl, you can't help nobody right now. <laughs> like you need to help yourself. Mm-hmm. And I did. And I put my company on, I was like, remember, I was like, check the box. I'm in. And then life was like, hold, 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 <laughs> <laughs> like you are not ready, you know? And you know how people say like, it's never the right time to have a baby or start a business. Uh, I disagree with that. To honor those things. If you can, babies are different. Sometimes that happens, happens. but you don't accidentally start a business, right? (laughs) Like, you know, it's very conscious. I would have done a disservice if I had done it before I took care of myself, because if I'm going to be an owner and a CEO, I need to make sure that I'm in a position to do that. And I wasn't. And it's like, I had to really take care of myself and I got sober. And, uh, and then I started trauma therapy twice a week and then date for a year and did all the hard, messy work. 
And in the meantime, I, after some time, um, when I finally had a place where I had enough of my own healing to then help others, because it's like trying to go help somebody else through that. It's like a trainer who eats donuts all day and doesn't work out. Who's trying to tell you, right. Right. You know, like I was like, you know, in order for me to work with survivors, there's a camaraderie, of course, but if I really want to help them, I wouldn't, but how, like, how awful would that be if I tried to help them, but I wasn't willing to do the work to help myself, you know, like, and I had to do that first and I didn't understand. I love this. Sorry. I just have to say, (laughs) I, I like, absolutely. I love you. (laughs) I told you, I can't, you're like speaking my language in every way, shape or form. So sorry to interrupt. I'm going to, I have officially my first girl crush, Shandy. (laughs) You have, you have won my heart. (laughs) Thanks, Nikki. Maybe I'll have you come on and help me like formulate products. It sounds like you have a gift for that. I have a whole recipe book we could talk about. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Um, Um, Yeah. And you know, it was like, and again, all this is hindsight. You don't really know this. I'm not that self-aware that I knew this was what was happening. I just got very clear. And, um, and then when I was finally, so I got connected with, actually the universe conspired. One of my clients was like, oh, there's this organization here in Austin. That's a home rehabilitation home for survivors. And she paid for me to be on the board. She's like, I can't be on the board, but I have the money. Let me pay in your name. And then I got connected to them. And I said, Hey, I couldn't hire anybody. I, I didn't, I didn't have that possibility yet. We still can't hire anybody yet, but I said, do you know what I can do? I can do their hair. And I said, Hey, I'm offering my services to the girls in the home. And I started, I started that way. And I went and introduced myself and I shared my story and they shared their stories. And then they came in and I started doing their hair. And then I started just kind of being friends with them and being support systems. And, and then eventually one of the girls, when I was still just me, um, I said, do you want to make it? Cause she couldn't find work. I mean, that's part of the problem is a lot of them have felonies. Um, they, uh, they were in, in this life, you know, and, um, I think a lot of times we can see trafficking. There's many forms of trafficking. Um, and this woman in particular, um, was what some people consider as a normal prostitute, but not knowing that she's really, th- there's many layers to it, but anyways, it's like when someone, they get arrested for things that are symptoms of being trafficked, like drugs and all of that. Mm-hmm. And um, so at the time, her best option was to work at 7-Eleven. She didn't have a vehicle. Um, and so she had to walk there for like $9 an hour because the felony. Mm-hmm. And over time, so I was like, well, I can't hire anybody, but, you know, do you want to come to my house and help me just make boss gloss at the time. And, um, she was going through her own sobriety. I'm going through my own sobriety and, you know, we just could laugh about things and have, you know, like this bond. And, um, you know, it was, I, I learned a lot and it's a big learning curve. And when that time comes, I hope that I'm more, I'm really prepared for it. But at the time, so then I was like, Oh my God, I need more money for this business. And long story short, two clients of mine that, um, were also like friends of mine a little bit, like we're good acquaintances. They, 
um, wanted to come on this crazy train with me. And it was after I'd done the healing and I was good. And I put into the universe, I'm ready to take it to the next level. And the universe is like, she's ready. Here are the investors. <laughs> That's really what I'm telling you. When I was trying to tell my girlfriend the other night, I was like, when you stop saying, when you start saying no to losers that you're dating, the right guy will show up. When you start doing things that scare you, that like, once you get off the wheel of insanity, thinking you're going to get a different result is when the right things show up. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it was like changing your dance. I hope this is making sense. Like changing your dance and doing something, you know, like when people are scared to take that leap to quit the job, when they're scared to leave that bad relationship, like if anything with my story, I hope that my story says that like, it may be scary to do what's best for you, but if you follow your heart, things line up. I'm in the process now of getting investment for free. Well, we're about to start raising or doing our first round. And I feel completely different than that last time. I'm excited. I'm ready. I'm confident. Give me your money. I know what to do with it. Let's go. (laughs) Very different. (laughs) Right. Well, because you're in a place where you're, you're healed, you're confident in the sense of you're doing something that you have full passion for, right? You, you aren't, putting yourself in a position to just do it, to do it. You're putting it because you 100% believe in it. You use the product yourself, right? That's also a huge thing. That's one of the things that I, like when I, when people suggest things to me, I go, well, do you use it? Or are you just telling me this because somebody, or you were, you, it's like going to the doctor for prescri- like for prescriptions. It's just a whole other conversation, but they only <laughs> give you what they're getting, you know, reimbursements for. Like they're not really taking in consideration what might be the best, right? You have one doctor mm-hmm. that'll do this painkiller and another doctor that does this painkiller, but that's because they get reimbursements, you it's know, the for, reps that are yeah, the reps, like it's all this stuff. reps. Yeah. Right. So like, it's, it's very being able to back up the product, regardless of it being yours or not, that's, that's where it's at, right? Like people already have all this trust in you. Um, and you're going, here you go, guys. I use this. This is great. Like, Let's do it. I love it. Yeah. The only reason I even did this company was because everybody else was telling me they wanted it. Right. <laughs> like, this, com- this company had to convince me. I wasn't out there trying to convince it. Everybody was kept buying it. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay. Uh, <laughs> maybe I should do something with this, right. you know? Um, and so, um, go ahead. I want you to talk about because uh, the products that you use, because I know that you spent a lot of time researching and sourcing. You didn't just go like, you don't just go to like Walmart and buy your castor oil. Right. Can you talk about what that looked like, like sourcing and the research you did? Cause I know that you are very, and I just, I want people to fully understand that quality is like your main, I mean that like you are obsessed with the quality of the product. So can you talk to us about that? If I could literally go to a farm and squeeze the berries myself and put them in the bottle, I would. That's how like much I'm like, you know, you're right. But there's a whole other aspect of quality too. You know, it's, it's, it's really about, you know, with our human trafficking side, fair trade is super important. And, you know, it's, it's like, does it check all these boxes? And I'm learning as I go. Like I really am. And the part that I try to tell people is Sometimes to get the best quality, it's really about just minimizing the amount of ingredients that you have. And that's really what, like, I've learned. Um, So I, once I was like developing and now our formula has seven ingredients, 
And, um, and because I was like, what helps with this hair issue? What helps with this hair issue? And like, you know, this and that, and like, you know, it was, um, it was really fun. And people were like, well, how do you make your formulas? Like, how do you know how to do it? And I say, the only thing I know is that I have a gift and it is, it's like when you have a grandma that just throws stuff in the pot and makes this amazing dish. That's how I describe me making products. I, it, it just comes out of my heart and I don't know how to explain it. It's not a lot of overthinking and it's, um, and then I have a girlfriend that's a hairstylist that's all about the science. And then I give her the formula and she's like, this scientifically adds up. And I'm like, Oh, cool. Because <laughs> like, you know, and it's like, I can't, exp- but I always vouch for it. So what I've done is I'm like, okay, these are the criteria that I'm looking for in an ingredient. And then I search until I find it. And, um, I was trying to even do it to where I, I was trying to source every single ingredient from a farm that I knew the farmer, I knew the person I could talk to them. The hard part about that is it's hard to scale that. And so I I've learned this through the process, you know, that was a little disheartening for me because I was like, man, like, I really wish I could just get this from Steve, you know, but if you meet, start manufacturing, um, they have to have these certain levels for them to actually make the product with the manufacturer. Um, so right now I'm still, um, using those other products, those other ingredients, but when I go, but I'm switching over to things that I know will pass with the manufacturer. So when we start doing that, um, and, and so that part was disheartening to be honest. And I wish that was different where, um, but you know, that's again, what I'm learning. So I'm like, how can I get this as clean as possible? And so when I go to buy an ingredient, I'm like, does it have, eco cert, organic, fair trade. And then if it has all those things, then that's what I buy. And the price doesn't, I buy the price to me is, but I'm not going to cut my cost in half to buy something that isn't good. Right. So that's the process for that. You're on mute, Nikki. We can't hear you. Sorry. The dogs are howling. I don't know what's going on with them the last two days, but all throughout the day, they just how one day I'm just going to open the door so everybody can hear because it, it is really cute, but it's just a lot. Um, I, I, I love, I love that. One of the, like I made, I know I made a joke about being crunchy Nikki, but it, in my story, my journey, one of the reasons that I started looking through this, because when you're, I was young, right. Or younger, I should say, um, you kind of just use what you know or what you've seen other people use and you never really pay attention to ingredient and ingredients. And I got diagnosed with endometriosis. And when I started doing research about that, one of the biggest things was like, what are you putting onto your skin? Like, mm. I don't think people realize that you are consuming ingredients without eating them. Yeah. Like your pores are people miss that. It absorbs people, into your skin. Yeah. And Makeup, I never, yeah, all of that stuff. I never people miss too, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never put that together. And as I was starting doing the research, and I started looking at all the things that I use, and I'm like, what am I putting into my body? And that's where like my like my research came in about, okay, I use aerosol dry shampoo, because that's that was the big thing at the time. Um, so I wanted to find a different type, like, I wanted to find like a different 
way of using dry shampoo that wasn't coming from a can with alcohol in it, right? Like, and it was down this path, but then you realize all these different things that I learned. I just recently learned with Hashimoto's that I'm not supposed to have soy. I was looking mm. at lotions and stuff that I use that use soybean oil. Never think in a million years that's in my lotion because you would think that's normal, right? It's an ingredient. It shouldn't be bad for your skin, but somebody who has a thyroid issue, terrible. What are you I have laughing to interrupt at? you. So my husband, he's so cute. So I use dry shampoo. Um, and don't he tell me sent that me, hold on. He sent me, I don't know if it was a TikTok or an article, but he texted me and it's like this massive recall for dry shampoos for, because they have too much, is it, is it ben, ben, benzene? Ben, is no. that thing? Ben, Whatever that I, is. I can't say it. Yeah. And, and so I responded and I said, my dry shampoo, like none of, I use living proof. And I was like, it's none of the ones in that picture. And he goes, okay. And then like a few seconds later, he goes, but wait, does Nikki use it in her product? And I said, no, <laughs> Nikki, Nikki's product is like super clean. She uses like, you, you know, literally this, can eat it. It was just really cute that he was like checking me, but then he's like, but wait, does Nikki use it? <laughs> so it's so yeah. funny that you were talking about like the yeah, I it is cute. like I meant me... to tell you the other day, but I forgot. <laughs> so you just talking so cute. About that, it. I love that. Yeah, I think I think what we fail to teach, you know, even just when we we're young and we we're talking about hygiene and stuff, is that those products do matter and they do disrupt hormones and the way your hair grows, the way that you know your skin is, right? Like all of those things are important. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that you mentioned that I love as well is it's it doesn't have to be complicated. These things are very like my, like my whole thing is like, let's go back to basics. Like if you think of when <laughs> this is going to sound so weird, but when you think of America, when it was becoming colonized, all of these things that we are using today as crunchy are their original way of doing things, right? Like it's just, oh, yeah. like we, we forgot what that's like. Like we expect mm -hmm. all of these things need to be complicated in reality. We don't. Well, what's so crazy is like, you know, being in the hair industry and like, you know, there's all these, like, I think what they have to do is I, I'm starting to learn more about the back end of how these labs and all that stuff works. And like, there's kind of like ingredient broker brokers. And so what they do is like, there's these scientists who come up with this new ingredient and then they try to sell it to all these different companies because they're like, this is gonna like, so it's like, whenever you see something that says extract or this or that, like, I mean, if you actually really look at it. Unless that is pure, that extract, once it's mixed with all these other things, the benefit is pretty minimal. One of the most luxury hair oils that's out there. When I started doing this, I looked up all the ingredients and the number one ingredient is most of them are silicones. Mm -hmm. And it's the same silicone that's actually in breast implants. And um, which I guess that's good for your breast implants, right? If <laughs> it's something they're putting on your hair, like it's in your body, you know, but it's just interesting to me because it's like, they're really, what separates the expensive hair brands is branding versus ingredients. And you think it's ingredients. And, um, so what I try to do with all my products is like, I want this products to do 10 different things, but I want to do it the most minimal amount of ingredients as possible. And so the way we describe our products, which we're only going to have one hair product for right now, everything else is going to be body care stuff. Um, and I just make products because I'm pissed off that this doesn't exist. And that's my mom. That's how I do this is I'm like, why doesn't this exist? And then I go and I make it. And, um, and like my business partners are like, we really need to make a deodorant. 
you know, cause like everybody's coming out with deodorants. And I said, I'm only making a deodorant if it's completely different than anything that's out there. And we got it. We're working like it's in like conception. And so like, to me, I love that. I'm like, how can I make this one product so much better? And I'm not just even talking about ingredient wise. I'm talking about application wise. So like with power gloss, it blows my mind that you can make this at Whole Foods and it's the best deep conditioning treatment that I've ever used. And I don't say that lightly. And, but I also changed the way that people are deep conditioning their hair. It's, it's like you do it on dry hair. You can do it on dirty hair, you know, and before we were confined to doing things in the shower and as an entrepreneur, I'm always like, why are we doing it this way? You know, like we've always been taught to do a mask on wet hair and I'm like, why? And, you know, and then I start challenging this and I start looking at different things and, you know, that's what makes me excited. And that's what makes me tick is, you know, like, well, that's why I can't go to college also, because I'm like, well, why? Like, you know, like, why do I have to do, you know, like, um, it's that little three-year-old kid that's always like, but why? But why? (laughs) Um, I just want to touch really fast on the whole concept of the the application, right? Because you, you talked about the application and I love your campaigns where you show women using it to swim, right? I'm going to go work out and I'm going to put it on and I'm going to work out and I'm actually treating my hair, right? Because you're saying like, why does it always have to be wet in the shower? I don't have time for that. When I get in the shower, I'm in and out. And so if I have a product where I can put it in my hair and it's like doing the the deep treatment or the conditioner or whatever, while I'm doing something else and I'm going to have to, like, it's a hair wash day. I know I'm going to wash my hair today. Why would I not use this product while I'm working out, while I'm going for a walk, while I'm going to my Pilates club, you know? So I, I really love the, the campaigns that you show on social media showing how easy it is to actually use and all the different mm-hmm. women who are using it. A hundred percent. Yeah. Remember I told you that the, um, going to the cosmetology school, that was 80% African-American was going to play a role later. So I wanted to make a product that I, I didn't really promote this product as much until I really knew that it was like completely universal for all races and genders. So I, gave it to these amazing women who were African-American and got their feedback. And then they like, were like, Oh my gosh, we love this. And the way that they use it's different than the way that like I would use it. And like, for me, I was like, this is amazing. I was like, not only is this clean, effective for the modern person who can actually like just put it on dirty hair and you can leave it in for 24 hours and you forget about it, you know, like where they normally tell you, okay, you got to put it on for 20 minutes. And like, Mm -hmm. I can tell people, if I'm naked in the shower, I have five minutes before my brain goes to really dangerous places. Like I need to, like, I, that's too much time to myself, like to have thoughts and stuff. But anyways, and then the fact that, you know, there's, um, different parts of the aisle for different ethnicities. And I just love that this is like, no matter who I'd like to say, except for bald people, but bald men buy this product. They like the way it feels in their head or their beard. I don't know why, but literally I'm like okay cool like it's for everybody now <laughs> you know like, um but I like that like any person on the planet can use this product That's awesome. and and it to me that is um a standard 
for us now uh, for every product nice, um, nice. that it's a human human race product. I love that. Um, do you, so I, I have to be mindful of time because it's, it's getting to the hour. Um, but there's like so many things I want to talk to you about. So we may have to have you on again. Um, anyways, <laughs> part two. Uh, so with the, you're hiring the survivors, mm -hmm. is there any other donation aspect of that? Are you working with other organizations or is it strictly just the, um, employees? Uh, yeah. So since we can't actually hire right now, because when I do that, I want to do it sustainably. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was kind of what I learned prior was that like, it, it's cool to have like a part-time under the table, like helping her out, me out and like doing that. But when I really want to build that program, I want to make sure that I can really build stability because that's something they really need. So until we're ready to do that right now, I mean, we're early stages, so we're all wearing different hats and, you know, um, trying to get it to where we can sustainably do that. So in the meantime, um, and this probably won't change even when we do hire, we donate 3% of all of our sales and that can change. Um, you know, it never goes below 3%, but uh, we increase it in January uh, for Human Trafficking Awareness Month to 10%. That uh, goes to organizations. And I actually have only ever donated to organizations that I've personally worked with. Um, so one of them was um, Rescue Freedom they just changed their name, but, um, I did a hike for them where I hiked, uh, the second tallest mountain in the country Saw that. to raise money for them. Um, and then there's one called salt and light coalition in Chicago. And I teach business classes to these women. My next one is going to be in mid November and they're in Chicago and I teach them and it's an amazing program. And then Magdalene house, which is here in Austin, which is the house that, um, right now I'm really trying to help build that program. And so, um, I think probably for the next year, I'm going to just focus on donating strictly to Magdalene House. I think it's also great that like it's local, you know, and I know that they really need it. And um, so we right now, all of our sales go, 3% of our sales go to that. <clears throat> I love that. That's great. I need to ask, um, I need to ask Shane, there, there is an organization here in Austin or within the city around where so his, he he donated a bunch of TVs mm. um and went and installed them and it mm -hmm. was um I don't remember the name of it I'll have to ask him which one it I'm, was. I'm pretty sure I think I know which one it is um it's it's outside of Austin I think it's like in Bastrop area um, yeah he worked with them and he went and because they you know the survivors live there and he went and mm -hmm. and donated a bunch of TVs and installed them um, that's really there. cool that's yeah. really cool yeah, I I know I can I can see it in my I mind. I just don't remember the name of, the of it. Of think of the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so Nikki said we're being mindful of time. I have um I have I do want to ask if you have one piece of advice um that you would give to somebody who was just starting out as I want you know somebody saying I want to be an entrepreneur even if it was to your younger self what would be your biggest piece of advice or the biggest lesson you learned that you would pass on to somebody? I feel like I'm almost. I feel like I'm almost reverting back. I was ignorant in the beginning and I just went for it and trusted my gut. And I think I've lost that a little bit as I'm older. So I almost wish my younger self would give my older self advice <laughs> and um, to trust myself more and to like trust my gut and um, knowing that you have an authentic voice as a business person. If you're putting something creatively in the world, like trusting that. 
um, but also listening to your customer and that they essentially are the ones that really feed back to you. And um, it's, I feel like it's super cliche, but the just go for it. And, um, but like I said, when it, when you want to start a business, um, I think a lot of people are afraid to get started and they're, they get caught up on details, um, of like, um, well, I got to have this in place and this in place and this in place. And I was always a person who was like, I'm going for it and then we'll deal with it and get it in place later. Um, and I feel like you won't, you have to get on test your idea. So start small and just get it out there and take that feedback and then grow a little bit more and take that feedback and grow a little bit more. And, you know, it's like, I, I am very, very lucky that all of my early customers were my clients. And so I would literally be like, well, did you like this part? Did you like this part? Do you like the way it smells? Did you like this consistency? Like, well, what's it like when you wash it? And like, you know, I, I get this amazing feedback, but I just remember how I started. I literally just got on Amazon and made a bottle and put it out there. Yeah. Like, you know, so many people build these product lines and they build it out and they get investment when it's an early stage idea and they put it out there and they're like, okay, people hate this or, <laughs> you know, um, I, I guess what I would say is don't be afraid to learn admit when you don't know something and then ask for help and trust your gut. Ooh, those are good. And I need to, I need to actually remember those every day. Still. <laughs> <laughs> Make yourself a little sign to put like yeah, next absolutely. to your computer. Yeah. Um, do you have any regrets? That's a really good question. Um, I, regret that I didn't see my worth sooner in personal, in my personal life. Ooh, that's really good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Well then I have one final question for you. Okay. What is one thing you used to apologize for in the past that you were unlikely to apologize for now? Y'all this question drove me crazy. Cause I was like, <laughs> I was like, Oh my gosh. Like I, I was really trying to figure it all out. And I was like talking to my boyfriend about it. And I was like, I don't know, like, you know, and, um, because I'm also part of a 12 step program and what are, what that's all about sometimes is knowing that you, a lot of the times you do need to apologize more than you think. And so I really struggled with it, but I think what it boils down for me is I used to always apologize for speaking my mind and um being afraid that I offended somebody um and I think that sitting in the silence almost of like saying how I feel and then not being like oh I'm sorry if that offended you but almost like sitting back and waiting and then surprisingly the person responds kindly or they have you know what I'm saying it's like I apologize for having the boundaries or the saying when something bothered me or apologizing for being too much or you know like I lived a lot of my life as a sexual assault survivor um with dating and always like telling guys like am I too much am I too much am I too much and like I don't think that's apologizing but I kind of in a weird way it is mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and I, I, um, I, I now say like, um, do you know how badass I am that I have overcome all this? And now like, I, I've had to now change that in my mind. And I still to this day can struggle with that sometimes where I, the things that were done to me are not mine. And I don't need to apologize for those. Um, yeah. I hope that I makes sense. It, it, it totally does. trust me we've throughout this whole process this whole almost a year of doing this it's been so beautiful to kind of see people reflect on what they used to apologize for and how they're just in in their space and they're just like nope this is this is a non-negotiable can i make a request can you guys take all of your episodes and that one question and compile one video because i would love I would love we to have we're, something for we're, next month. Yeah, Shady. we're we're working on it. We're working on it. We are. We're gonna cap <laughs> I, the bag, I went everyone. To Mickey, <laughs> I went to guys... Mickey and I said we have to pull. I don't want to give it away because the week yeah. of Thanksgiving we have something we're planning. That's yeah. really cool. And I'm curious. <laughs> I'm curious if there's a if there's a a thread. You know, if there's like a a universal thread with all these women, where it's almost like we're all saying the same thing. And I've been really curious about that. Yeah. There's definitely similarities. What I love about it, it's the same concept of what people are feeling, but it's verbalized differently. They're all, it's, it's in a very unique way with a right. common thread and mm. yeah, it's beautiful. No, it is really beautiful. Yeah. No, that's we, really yeah. cool. Cats out of the bag. Yes, we do have something. <laughs> Thank in, you, in <laughs> but we do um, have something. Yeah, so. Yes. Super cool. But Super I do cool. want to take this this moment and just say thank you so much. This is like I want to have you back on because I feel like we didn't even like touch the depths of what you're doing. Um, so please be aware of that. We're gonna we're gonna force you. <laughs> can you really quick not to interrupt you, but if people want more oh, of you, and yes. I know they will, where can we find you? Um, you want my home address? I'm kidding. Um, so <laughs> you may end up with some creepy stalkers. I don't know if I would go that far, but where can people find you? Okay. Um, well, on our business Instagram, it's um at livefreewell.co. Um, our website is livefreewell um dot uh com. Um I my personal Instagram is my personal Instagram. So I don't accept people unless I personally have a relationship with you. Um so that's not when I share. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I mean, but I run the Instagram for our business. And one thing I always like to tell people is if you struggled with sexual assault and you don't know where to go and you don't know who to talk to, please message me. And I will always reach, I will always respond and always help you and, um, give you any advice that I've had or resources. I love that. I love what you're doing for the community. It's like amazing. Thanks for um, having me, guys. I really I appreciate it. This, this is, is a lot of fun. I'm glad you had fun. So um, <laughs> we'll talk soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye.